0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of OTR Playlist. And on this episode, we'll be talking about The Great Gildersleeve, the spin off show from Fibber McGee and Molly. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host, Ferg. What's going on, bud?
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, everybody out there.
0: Is it too late to say Happy New Year? No. No? No. I, I, I was listening to another <laughs> podcast where they were, they were trying to decide when you stop saying happy new year at like what point is it at the end of january is it like a week two weeks after that
1: well this is the first time they're hearing us in a new year so i think it's i think it's okay
0: it's the first time they're hearing us in a while because we've been off for quite some time although you were kind enough to uh put an episode out for christmas
1: oh that's right yeah that's right i forgot.
0: but 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 I threw in the towel I threw in the towel early at the end of the year. I've been on I've been on a podcasting hiatus yeah. for uh for some time, but it's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to uh listen to some OTR. Um and this was this was a good show and and we're kind of a little behind the scenes what we're doing now is uh Ferg and I are go, are going to uh kind of take turns picking shows. Uh and this was this was Ferg's pick was the uh, Great Gildersleeve. And uh, and then the person that picks that show is going to pick a few episodes. Although I did kind of put my two cents into this this episode, Uh, but for good reason, I think. I agree. That yeah, and that's that's kind of the plan. That way, we just kind of keep it fresh, uh, and and we each can kind of um, you know pick how we want want the uh, episodes to go. So. But, uh, yeah, so Ferg, if you would, why don't you give us a little brief background on the uh, Great Gildersleeve?
1: Okay, so as you said, uh, it started in uh, 1941 and was uh, broadcast until 1957, it was on NBC, and it was uh, the whole time sponsored by Kraft Foods. And this was actually, like you mentioned, uh, the first successful spin off character uh, show. He was on Furbermigi and Molly. He started there in uh, 1939, and his catchphrase was "You're a hard man, McGee." I I can't do it justice the way he does it. <laughs> yeah, they're like "You're a, You're hard, a hard man, man McGee." This is that that quivering thing he does. It's really really good. So that was um, Harold Perry originated the role on *Fibber McGee and Molly* and uh, also on *The Great Gildersleeve*. And uh, the spinoff moved him away from I can't remember the name of the town in *Fibber McGee and Molly*, but uh, yeah, he went uh, to. Uh, Oh, it's uh, a Wistful Vista. That's yes, where Fermi okay. and Molly live, and he was their neighbor. And um, so what happened was uh, the first – actually, the I guess it's like a pilot episode, the first episode that we listened to. Um, he was summoned to Summerfield, and uh, what was he doing? Um, he
0: had to go and uh, like take care of his – was it his brother's brother-in-law, estate? Brother-in-law,
1: that's right. Yes, brother-in-law's estate. Uh, on the way uh, – well, I guess we'll just go right into the, <laughs> into the episode. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. So um, so he gets called to uh, Summerfield to take control of his brother-in-law's estate. I think there's like a car dealership or something uh, there. And um, on the way, he makes an uh, kind of an enemy on the train who turns out to uh, – it comes, comes back to bite him <laughs> in the end of the show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he actually gets uh, – he has to stay there and uh, he ends up uh, raising his niece and nephew, Marjorie and uh, Leroy, and uh, they also have a cook in the house named Bertie.
0: And and so in this episode, too, I didn't, uh, when I first started listening, because I'm not familiar, well, I'm familiar with Fibber McGee and Molly, but not really. I think I've heard like one or two episodes right. here or there, just yeah. kind of skimming through old time radio. Um, and the same with The Great Gildersleeve. Obviously, you know, there's shows that we've, we've heard of before. But um, when you said this was the pick, I was interested in, in, in uh, listening to it. The the, the the funny thing about this show is that we have a change not in the main character Gildes- Gildersleeve, but in the actor right um, if we'll just kind of go you know step back to that uh, okay. before we get into our second episode but uh, there was there was kind of a contractual issue going on with was uh, it was it with craft? Mm. Or was it, I don't remember, was it with the uh, network?
1: Well, Harold Perry, um, al- apparently CBS was stealing talent from the other networks back then, and Harold Perry was one of them. So he contracted to CBS, and uh, he wanted to take Gildersleeve with him, but Kraft wouldn't allow him to move the show to CBS. So he was replaced uh, in as the great Gildersleeve by Willard Waterman.
0: Okay, uh, and that was in 1955, correct?
1: That was in 1950, I think. And he played, yeah, he played Gildersleeve until 55 on the radio and, or 57, and also uh, was in a a TV version of The Great Gildersleeve in 55. And there were also movies, but they were in the 40s and they were uh, starred, they starred Harold Perry as the Gildersleeve in the movies. Now, did you watch any of the movies? I did not. I didn't have time. No, I did watch uh, one of the TV uh, episodes that we'll talk about a little bit.
0: So after our first episode, uh, which was uh, Gildy Arrives in Summerfield, which aired in uh, August of uh, 1941, August 31st of 1941, uh, our second episode is going to be another uh, Perry episode. And uh, this aired October 18th, uh, 1942. And this is uh, appointed water commissioner. Um, again, we, we get the judge. Um, it seems there's always some sort of... Uh, I don't know if there's animosity there, but they're friends. They're, we have what's called the Jolly Boys Club, correct? And, and I don't know if that's the barbershop or if it was above the barbershop they call the uh, Jolly uh, Boys Club.
1: Right. I think, uh, y- yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was above the barbershop or not. <laughs> it's,
0: it's something to do with it because the barbers included in yeah. all that uh, Floyd Um But uh, there's going to be a new water commissioner, and so the judge tells Gildy that it's going to be him. And uh, he's not really supposed to do much with that information until it's official. But uh, as you find out, Gildy is is very – it's really hard for him to to hold things back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) uh, uh, In the end – Does it work out? You you have to find out. But uh, it's definitely a funny episode. And when I listened to it, I heard this one. I listened to it probably three times. And the first time, I was like, wow, that guy sounds familiar, Floyd the Barber. And then the second time I listened to it, I'm like, he really sounds like Mel Blanc. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: And so I did a search and uh, found out... it actually was mel Blanc. i think he played floyd for like the from like 41 to 45 if i'm if i'm correct but uh somewhere around there he didn't play the character uh the whole way through right
1: yeah i remember i listened to one where it definitely was not him as floyd
0: yeah and he's and when he does the character of floyd it's really uh what i think to be is is mel blank's actual voice that's it's not
1: yeah yeah that's what i was I've, thinking but i i've
0: I I'm, I was such a fan of the Mel Blanc show, and I uh, when I used to be into Android a lot, I made an application for Android and put it on uh, a third party market where I basically it was a soundboard. Right. So I listened to a ton of uh, Mel Blanc, and I was like, "That is that's Mel Blanc." Yeah, so I was very excited to to find that out.
1: But he shows uh, up a lot in a lot of these old time radio shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, appointed water commissioner, and I believe this is his appointed position. Well, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. I'm spoiler for a 1942 <laughs> show, but uh, when we get into the the 50s show uh, that we watched, he's still water commissioner. Right. So he he does end up with the position. Uh, it's funny how he ends up with the position. So I'll let the listeners kind of figure that out.
1: Right. So the third episode that we're going to play was broadcast in September of 1950, and that's the first Willard Waterman episode, and uh, it's called Marjorie is Expecting. That's his uh, niece, and she's now married. He is told a secret by her that she's going to have a baby, and uh, he's not supposed to tell anybody, but of course he goes around, you know, like we heard in the previous episode, he can't keep a secret, and uh, he goes around uh, talking about uh, you know, how he knows something, but the Actually, everybody else already knows, so it's kind of like a reverse, uh, a secret thing. It's
0: definitely a funny episode, and uh, you—I mean, he Waterman. I think you know, talking now, but listening to it, really, kind of transitioned into that character. I thought fine.
1: Um, I I had a little bit of a problem with it. I—it sounded to me in the first episode. I listened to some later ones with him also. In that first one, it sounded like he was. just doing a Harold Perry imitation because <laughs> you can hear him kind of drop out of it every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing that I read um, was that he purposely did not want to do... Uh, Gildersleeve, played by Perry, has a distinct laugh. And uh, I had read that that Waterman was specifically not going to do that laugh because he said that that was perry's kind of perry 's thing even before Gildersleeve yeah uh, that i believe i think he said he did it in uh, i don 't know if he was in vaudeville or whatever but uh like that was kind of his signature laugh, so he didn't want to recreate that
1: yeah right right well i think the for me the the laugh is actually what uh made me choose this because um uh Rick Reynolds he hosts the holiday special podcast which is on the throwback network as well and he did Rudolph Shiny New Year on January 1st and I didn't realize I had listened to a couple of episodes of the Great Gildersleeve before that and uh I didn't realize that he was in that and he uh Rick played the laugh because he did the laugh in the Rudolph Shiny New Year as well and he played the laugh throughout the whole episode it was like oh I got to pick I got to pick Gildersleeve for the the first one cuz I love that laugh I think it, I think it loses a lot Without the laugh, to me, really, yeah, I do. Um, I, I don't hate it. I mean, I'll listen. I'll,
0: I'll listen to the Perry episode still. I just, I guess, I preferred the the uh, Waterman episodes. And
1: f- from a, from a, I don't know if the writing if the writers changed or anything like that. But um, even especially the TV show, the Waterman stuff seemed um, not as clever as the uh, um, Harold Perry to me. I mean, I haven't listened to every single one of them. So right. I can't say for sure, but
0: so did you listen to a lot more episodes than just these two? I would I would assume. Or?
1: Yeah, I listened to um, a couple of Thanksgiving episodes, a couple of Christmas episodes, and I may have listened to ones you know after. No, I think I stayed in the '40s, so it would have been all Harold Perry. But I listened to one other um, Waterman episode, and like I said, it does he does get a little bit better at not really imitating him. I think, and because I tried to find him on youtube just not doing gildersleeve and it was hard to find actually (laughs) to Uh, to see waterman Waterman, yeah to see if he sounded different
0: right and you couldn't find anything no
1: i couldn't i I didn't find much no that that was
0: like i said i i liked them both i just if i had to choose I, i i liked the waterman one yeah um and he did the tv show um which I'm going to put a link to that. Uh, we watched one episode. It was from uh December 16th, I believe, 1955. Uh it's called Gildy the Private Eye and uh in that the uh the mayor appoints Gildy uh as as a police commissioner while cuz the other the, the police commissioner is out on a fishing trip. Right. <laughs> and uh, there's the whistling bandit in town and uh Gildy kind of runs into him at one point in the beginning of the episode silencing an alarm. And I think he b- thought he was like an alarm repair um, yes. guy. <laughs> um, and he had specific instructions not to really get involved, but, uh, you know, Gildy wants to make himself look good and right. get the whistling bandit. And there's uh, a lot of fun stuff that goes on with it. Some uh, women in swimsuits. And That was uh, weird.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it really kind of didn't... Makes sense, but <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a funny episode. I really, actually, uh, I did enjoy that uh, that episode. So, and it was nice to kind of see uh, what he looked like. I mean, you, you see these pictures, and if you look at Perry and Waterman side by side, there's a somewhat similarity, but yeah. not too much. Right? Uh, Waterman really, all I could think of is. John Lovitz he just reminded me <laughs> of John Lovitz uh, to where I had to go and just the, some of the facial expressions he makes and even just his his, his physicalness kind of his face kind of looks a little to me like John Lovitz I can see so that. I was yeah. trying I was trying to find I tried to do a little searching it but I was at work like you know <laughs> to see what maybe some of Lovitz's uh influences were um, I really didn't come across anything but uh if you watch it you, you know and and he's, watch a league of their own or something you, you know there's some <laughs> facial expressions i
1: thought were kind of similar yeah. So did you enjoy that episode i did not <laughs> no wow it just seemed like he was so dimwitted, and i didn't get that that uh from the you know from the even from the the waterman radio episode that i listened to it, it just didn't seem uh, i don't know I don't know if it was the if it was just the fact that it's a '50s TV show and it was just I don't know because I don't have a problem with the radio shows, you know, thinking they're corny or anything like that. But I thought the TV show was really corny.
0: Yeah, well, I think a lot of the TV like that probably you know was a little yeah. corny, but I but I like that corniness, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the uh, actors that was on Gildersleeve played um, Mr. Wilson on uh, Dennis the Menace. Oh, really. And, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that I'm drawing a blank right now, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Was uh,
1: it I, PV, the pharmacist guy? Uh, no, it's not
0: PV. It's um, Gail Gordon,
1: oh. who played
0: Mr. Wilson on uh, Dennis the Menace.
1: He was the. Was he uh, the so second Mr. Wilson?
0: I th- think he was the first. I think
1: I can't remember no, I'm, him. I, I, I can't know him remember from either. Other stuff like Lucy, I think he was on. The Lucy yeah, show. you know,
0: you see, yeah, you see him pop up a lot yeah. in, uh, in 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 a lot of old old movies. Yeah. Actually, he was the second, yeah, he okay. was the second okay. George. Yeah, he was like the brother-in-law to uh, George Wilson, oh, who was Joseph okay. Kern, gotcha. which which I preferred. To me, uh, that was. Uh, the better of the Wilsons, but Which this one? is the Great Gildersleeve that we're talking about. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's uh, let's head into some of these episodes here, and listeners can kind of draw up their own conclusions and uh, drop us an email if they want to.
3: Kraft presents the Great
4: Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah.
3: At this time, the Kraft Cheese Company presents for your enjoyment Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But right now, here's a message of very great importance for today's menu makers. I don't know how much you housewives actually know about modern margarine, but there's probably been no time in the history of America when it was so important for you to have the true facts about nourishing wholesome foods for your family. So I want to tell you about parquet. Parquet is the new quality margarine made by Kraft, a delicious spread for bread, hot rolls, and toast. Now, of course, the fact that parquet does taste so good probably accounts for its popularity as a spread in millions of homes. But this is even more important. Parquet margarine is a protective food with exceptionally high nutritional value. It is one of the best energy foods you can serve and a reliable year-round source of vitamin A. There are 9,000 units of this vitamin in every pound of parquet. So tomorrow, ask your food dealer for a pound of parquet margarine made by Kraft. The whole family will like it because it tastes so good, and you'll know that you're giving them an economical, highly nutritious food made to the Kraft standards of quality. Just say parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. And now for the adventures of the Great Gildersleeve.
5: Wistful Vista, coming
6: into Wistful Vista. You say, this is oh, Wistful Vista, where Fibber McGee and Molly live? Yes, madam. Oh my! Do you think I'll be able to see them from the train window?
5: No, lady. The McGee's are on their vacation.
6: Oh.
5: But say, there's a next-door neighbor of theirs, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Where? Where? That portly gent with the mustache on the platform, the one making a speech to his employees.
6: How do you know they're his employees? Because every
5: time he goes away, he gives them an hour off to come down to the station and wave goodbye. Oh, so
7: that's Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I never...
8: Furthermore, I can't tell you how touched I am to see all the employees of the Gildersleeve Girdle Works down here at the station to bid me goodbye. It's indeed... Uh, by the way, is there anyone left at the plant? Uh, well, uh, no. What if some orders come in? Who take the phone calls? Uh, Mert. Oh, Mert, eh? <laughs> yeah. As I was saying while I'm away, I expect every one of you to uphold Gildersleeve Girdles to the best of your ability. And don't forget our motto. If you want the best, of course it's... Of course it's Gildersleeve.
9: (laughs) Very good, T.P., very good. Thank you,
8: thank you. You'll get a raise. (laughs) And though it's necessary for me to go away and attend to other enterprises, the one thing closest to my heart is the Gildersleeve girdle.
6: How long will you be gone, T.P.?
8: At least three days,
5: and maybe till the end of the week. (laughs) Oh, before you go, T.P., the Gildersleeve Girdle Workers Guild wishes to present you with this... Handsome leather briefcase as token uh, of our esteem for you.
2: Yes. Yes.
8: For me, I don't know what to say all except all yes. All aboard! Oh no! <laughs> oh my goodness! Out of my way, everybody! Where are my bags?
6: On the train, T.P.
8: Thanks. I forgot to buy a ticket. Where do I buy a ticket? On the train, T.P. Oh yes! Let go of me, boys! Where are you pushing me? On the train,
6: yes. train T.P. Yes. Oh, Goodbye, children.
8: <laughs> Goodbye, children. Goodbye, <laughs> children.
5: Here's your ticket, Mr. Gildersleeve. Sorry I haven't any berths left.
8: Uh, couldn't you squeeze me in somewhere?
5: I'll try, though it'll probably be a tight squeeze. <laughs>
8: yeah, tight squeeze. <laughs> Side splitting, isn't it?
5: Going to be in Summerfield long? Oh, no, just three or
8: four days. I'm taking over the administration of my brother in law's estate. They're going to run it for my niece and nephew. But that's quite involved and I'm hungry. Which way is the diner? Why, an old experienced traveler like you should know where the diner is. Huh? Oh, of course. No matter where you are, the diner's always at the other end of the train. (laughs) See you later. Excuse me, madam. Uh, Pretty crowded in this diner. By George, I'm so hungry I could eat the waiter. Yes, sir? Is it all right if I sit at this table? Yes, sir. Sit right down, sir. If this gentleman doesn't mind reading his paper on his own side. I said if this gentleman doesn't mind reading his paper on his own side.
10: Excuse me, sir. Does you mind?
8: Yes, I do.
9: I'm particular whom I eat with.
8: (laughs) You are, eh? Well, I'm not. I'm hungry. Waiter, bring me a steak. A nice, juicy, double tenderloin rare.
9: Waiter, where's my milk toast? I ordered it 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, but milk toast takes time, you know.
8: And, waiter, I want a big, heaping plate of French fries. Yeah, French fries. And a cup of strong coffee with lots of cream.
9: I'll get it right away. And bring me my milk toast made with gluten bread, remember?
8: Yes. Bread. Oh, that reminds me. Some hot biscuits and a little pot of jam.
9: Gluten bread toasted and a cup of hot water.
8: Uh, And an apple pie a la mode with cheese. Yeah, with cheese.
9: I can't stand this. Listening to you is giving me heartburn.
8: (laughs) (laughs) It is, uh, huh? Waiter, Uh, don't forget the steak sauce, ketchup, piccalilli, and relish.
9: Bring me a glass of bicarbonate of soda, quick. (laughs) Yes, uh, right away, sir. I'll be back.
8: Of course, it's none of my business, mister.
9: And don't stick your nose in it.
8: You... Well, all right, that's the way you feel about it. I was just going to tell you you're getting your newspaper in the mustard.
9: I don't use mustard.
8: No, I guess you don't need any. But what I was going to say was... Never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, I won't say it then. That mustard from your newspaper is all over your sleeve now.
9: I don't care. What? Of <laughs> all the
8: messes I... Ah, 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 ah. Water only spreads it. <laughs> you see what I tell you? I'll thank you to mind your own business. What's the big idea jumping down my throat?
9: What do you expect addressing a perfect stranger?
8: You're far from perfect stranger.
9: <laughs> and
8: from now on, I'm gonna make a career out of ignoring you. Uh, here comes my food. That's pretty snappy service, waiter. Uh, yes, sir.
9: Well, where's my milk toast? Yeah, I'm sorry, sir, but the chef is all out of glutton bread. <laughs> He wants to know would pumpernickel do just as well No, pumpernickel wouldn't do just as well And why keep me waiting all the time While you serve this big buffalo the minute he sits down oh, No, look here, mister I don't want to look here I'm sick of the sight of you The idea An overstuffed ox like you guttling and gobbling and gorging yourself like an ostrich oh. I've got a bad case of indigestion already Just from looking at you
8: Why, you dyspeptic little dodo Just because you're mean to your stomach and your stomach talks back to you, you bellyache. Excuse the expression. (laughs) You're not suffering from indigestion. You're just green with epicurean envy.
9: I won't sit here. Here's your bicarbonate of soda, mister. (laughs) Take it away. Take it away. I need something stronger than that now. I've got some pills down here in my briefcase.
8: Just a minute there. What are you doing with my briefcase? Your briefcase? This is mine. It is not. My employees gave it to me just this afternoon.
9: Take your fat paws off of my briefcase before I.
8: Before eat... you watch, you dried up little
5: crab apple. <laughs> <laughs>
7: uh,
9: now wait a minute, gentlemen, please. Let go
5: of my briefcase.
7: I will not. It's mine. Why it's mine. the idea? Me, well. me,
9: sir. Uh, oh yes, oh, ma'am. Waiter,
7: waiter, did you see anything of
6: my briefcase? I left it. Oh, you gentlemen have it. Thank you so
2: much. Well. <laughs>
5: There you are, Mr. Gildersleeve. I've located a berth for you at last. Oh, that's fine, Conductor.
8: I was getting tired of sitting around here in my pajamas. Where is it? It's uh, upper nine in the next car. Upper nine? Oh, my goodness. The last time I was in an upper berth was, uh, let me see, uh, 50 pounds ago. (laughs) The
5: porter's making it up for you now.
8: Yeah, thanks. I do hope that porter gives me a wide berth. Well, uh, it's the dark in here Oh, uh, Porter uh, Porter Quiet yeah. Oh, excuse me <laughs> Must be sleeping Oh, Porter Yes,
11: yeah, sir
8: Have you got up or nine ready yet?
11: Yes, but I didn't anticipate no gentlemen of such ample proportions
8: Yeah <laughs> Well, maybe I'd better take a ladder
11: Yes, yeah, I'd better take two, they're small
8: Well, all right, come on
11: yeah, Here we are right up there, sir.
8: Up there? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. So hold these ladders steady, Porter. Remember, if they tip, I
11: won't. Yeah, Now be careful, mister. The train's coming to a sharp crate pretty soon. When? Then. Oh! Hold on, Mr. Lattice Knight! I can't hold on. I'm coming down. Look out below. Oh! No! What hit me?
8: Oh, my sacrilia.
11: Here, yeah, miss, let me have the abs. I don't want to get up. I want to sleep. Not you, miss. The man in Doppa. He's now in the lower. And where am
8: I? You're right here, brother.
9: Get off of my poor stomach. Who is it? Uh? Oh, it's you. What are you doing sneaking into my berth? I'm not sneaking into ah! your
8: <laughs> I'm not sneaking. I'm trying to climb into bed. I'm your upstairs neighbor.
9: <laughs> Isn't that nice? I hope that swinging shelf snaps shut on you.
8: Oh, yeah. If it's gonna swing. I'll see if it swings your way. And if I land on you again, brother, you'll spend the rest of the night sleeping in the road bed.
9: Oh, quiet. Let me go to sleep.
8: Okay, Grandpa. Unpleasant dreams. All right, Porter. Give me a leg up again, will you? 32473 32474 32475 Oh my goodness 2 o'clock already and still not a wink Yes 32476 32478 Oh, what's the use? There's only some way of stopping that buzzsaw down there. I can't stand this any longer. Where's that quarter? I'll fix this guy.
11: you call me, sir?
8: Yes. Would you mind getting me a drink of ice water? I can't sleep.
11: Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Yes. Here's the water, mister.
8: Uh, Thank you. You needn't wait. (laughs) Good night, good night, good night. Good
11: night,
8: sir. Yes. Now, if I can hold this cup in this hand and open the lower curtain with it. Ah, I've got it. Yes. Steady now, Gildersleeve. Ready. Aim. (laughs) (laughs)
9: What what was that? Porter! Porter! (laughs) What is it, sir? Shut this window, will you? It's raining right in on my face.
8: (laughs) Quiet! can a man get any rest around here?
2: (laughs) Good
11: morning, sir. He's just pulling into Summerfield. You want me to brush y'all? No,
8: I'll walk down the steps like the rest of the passengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Porter, you've given me such good service. Here's an order for a gilded sleeve girdle for your wife.
11: Yeah, uh, thank you, sir. I happen to be a spinster at the moment. <laughs> But if it's all right with you, I'll pull in my hope chair.
8: Yes. <laughs> yes, that's perfectly all right. Uh, Summerfield, eh? By George, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Marjorie and little Leroy again. Hey.
7: Why, Marjorie, how why can't I call him T.P.
6: like they do down at his foundry? It isn't a foundry, Leroy. It's a... Oh, never mind. It's nothing that concerns little boys. And I'm sure that he will prefer to have you call him Uncle Throckmorton. Oh, shucks. You can't go around calling a big, tough guy who runs a steel
7: foundry Throckmorton. Mm-hmm. It's, it's positively degradatory.
6: It's derogatory. Yes, yeah, that too. <laughs> Leroy... Who told you Uncle Throckmorton was in the steel business?
7: Nah, you thought you were so smart. I saw one of his letterheads. The Gildersleeve Girder Company.
6: Hmm? <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. Gildersleeve girder company. See, he should be here by now, shouldn't he, Marjorie? Now, don't you worry, Leroy. Just as soon as his train arrives, Mr. Wills will bring him here for breakfast. Oh, I wanted to go down to the station, too. I know, but Ted has to discuss all the legal details with Uncle Scott before we go to court.
7: Say, you're getting pretty darn stuck on that Ted guy, aren't you? Why, Leroy
6: Forrester, I am not. Ted Wills is nearly our lawyer. He is not.
7: Williams and Williams, Willies and Wills are our lawyers, and Ted's nothing but the tail end. <laughs> Well, he's young yet. You just give him time. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, oh say, how's it if I should call him Uncle Morton? Call who? Oh, Uncle Scott Morton. Well, I don't think he'd object to that. Wait, I can do better than that. How's this? Uncle Mort. Who's that? Uncle Mort. I'll answer it.
8: Well, 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 I'll bet this is little Leroy.
7: Hi, Uncle Mort. Hi, who? You, Uncle Mort. You don't mind if I call you Uncle Mort, be Uncle
8: Mort? <laughs> no, not at all. Go right ahead. Uncle Mort, eh? <laughs> I like that. And this is Marjorie, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, Marjorie, eh? Uh, come here, my dear. <laughs> my, how you grown <laughs>
6: Uncle Frostmorton. Let me take your hat and coat. Will you have some breakfast?
8: Uh, no, thanks. I've already had mine on the... Well, I'll have a cup of coffee.
6: <laughs> <laughs> sit right here, Uncle. Ted, you sit over there.
8: Oh, thanks. My, this looks wonderful.
6: Hey, Uncle, will you take me back to Whistle Vista
7: with you and let me work in your factory?
8: Uh, what? Well, I didn't think you'd be interested in that sort of thing.
7: Now, Leroy... See, I am, Uncle Mort. That must be some way out... I bet you make the supports for a lot of big projects there.
8: Yeah. Uh, 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 we don't turn out anything much like... Uh, we sort of confine ourselves to uh, foundations. Uh, oh. yeah.
7: Say, I'd like to go along sometime when you install some of those foundations. I don't have... A... But...
8: What did you say, young man?
6: Oh, uh, please excuse me, Roy, Uncle Mort. He's been like that ever since he found out that you own the Gildersleeve Girder Company.
8: What? The uh, Gildersleeve Girder? Uh, oh, uh, yes, I see it all now. <laughs> yes, a bright boy. <laughs>
7: Uncle, you ever have to slug it out with any of them tough steel workers of yours?
8: Uh, No, no, I never do.
7: You know, huh?
8: Uh, Oh, well, uh, of course, there have been times when I've had to put uh, more snap into their work. (laughs) Yeah, once I was so angry, I picked up a badly made uh, foundation and bounced it right off the foreman's head. (laughs) You
6: did? Yeah. Now, Leroy, let your Uh, uncle eat his breakfast. Have some toast, Uncle Mort?
8: Uh, No, thanks. Oh, uh, speaking of toast reminds me of an amusing incident on the train last night. Uh, you'll enjoy this, Leroy. When I went into the diner, the only empty chair was at a table with a sour little crab. Uh, you should heard that little rat yell when the ice water hit him in the face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's time we leave for court, Mr. Gildersleeve. It is? Uh, come on, kids. This won't take long. Well, all I can say is we run things better than this in Whistler Vista. Eleven o'clock and the judge hasn't even shown up yet. Judge Hooker's usually very prompt. Yes, the trouble with some of these judges is they think they're little tin gods. Take those black robes away from them and what have they got? Bow legs. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Gee, that's a hot one,
7: Uncle Moore. Yeah,
8: I'm glad you like it.
7: Everyone rise, please.
8: Ah, next.
9: Superior Court, Department 25, the Honourable Hitter, H. Hooker, Judge, the styling is now in session.
5: Hey, Sita. Sit down, Uncle More.
8: Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Who's that man sitting in the judge's chair? Well, that's Judge Hooker. Judge Hooker? That's the man in the lower berth. <laughs>
5: sleep
4: for a of the state of Ray Forrest. Oh, that's us. Come on, Mr. Gilbertsleeve. I'm not feeling very well, Ted.
8: <laughs> uh, couldn't we postpone this over to another judge?
7: Oh, come on, Uncle Mort. Remember what you said. This guy will be a pushover.
9: Yes, yeah, a pushover. Now, yeah, come on, come on. Step up. Don't goggle. I haven't got
5: all day. Make a snappy post. The judge is pretty short-tempered this morning. He didn't get any sleep last night.
10: Oh, my. <laughs> Uh, your Honor, with your permission, I'll put Mr. Gildersleeve on the stand first. Uh, uh, go ahead, right, Mr. Wells.
9: Swear uh, in the witness
5: Bill? Do you thought I swear to tell
9: the truth the whole truth, nothing about the truth, top I do. <laughs> well, do you or don't you speak up? Uh... I do. That voice is very familiar. <laughs> Turn around, Mr. Oh, so it's you. Yes. Uh, hello, Judge. <laughs> Wells. Yes, Your Honor. I will examine this man's qualifications if you don't mind. I don't, Your Honor, but I do. Silence. <laughs> now then, Gildersleeve, what do you do for a living? I make girdles, Your Honor. Order in the court. Order in the court. Yeah. Order in the court. Order. Order. And you, Gildersleeve, any more cheap humor and I'll judge you in contempt But it's true, Your Honor, I'm the president of the Gildersleeve Girdle Company Uncle
7: on, tell him the truth He doesn't make girdles, Judge Eww.
9: And what does he do?
7: Steal foundations
9: I bet he would, too
7: <laughs> Now, no
9: more interruptions, my boy Remember, this is a courtroom You realize who I am, of course.
7: Sure, you're a bald-legged little tin guy. What? Now, Leroy! But but, you you just said so yourself, Uncle Mort.
9: Oh, you did?
8: (laughs) Just a little joke, Your Honor. You know how I kid. (laughs) Uh,
9: I know. Well, I'm going to ask you a plain question, and I want a plain answer. What business are you in?
8: Well, I... uh, Oh, uh, that is... uh, Leroy, would you mind going out into the hall and get me some uh, some ice water? One moment. Who's running this court, you or I?
7: Better not get Uncle Mort mad, Judge. Last night he threw a whole bucket of water on a guy in the bus under him.
8: Oh, my, here we go again.
7: <laughs> he did. It is? Yeah, and this poor sap woke up and thought it was raining. Oh. <laughs> you ought to hear Uncle Mort tell him. <laughs> Thanks,
9: I will. Let's hear all about Love it, Uncle Mort!
10: But, Judge Hooker,
9: it's after five o'clock. This poor man's been on the witness stand all day. All and right, it... all right. One more question, then I'll hand down my decision. Mr. Gildersleeve, what makes you think that you have executive ability? Well, I have a large staff of my
8: own... And through years of experience, I know the proper relationship
10: between employer and employee. Your Honor. Yes, Mr. Wills? Our firm has thoroughly investigated Mr. Gildersleeve, and we're satisfied as to his qualifications. (laughs)
9: Ah. Mr. Wills, I have great respect for you and your associates. That is probably the only reason why I'm going to grant your petition. However... In order to protect these children from their own misguided enthusiasm, I'm going to require this Gildersleeve to report to me every single week. Uh, But, Your Honor... get an okay for every cent that he spends. But, Judge... And I will require him to post a bond of $50,000 in cash.
8: Now, see here, hooker.
9: (laughs) I won't stand for this. I'll resign. Quiet. Gildersleeve, I never sent for you. You came here begging for this job. To quote from Broby versus Union Buggy Corporation, Civil Code of Nebraska, you made your bed and you can't lie out of it. But my business in Whisper Vista... You remain here and make this estate pay or go to jail for contempt. Now, wait a minute. I'm not... Good. Court is adjourned.
8: I'll kill that old goat. <laughs> Ted, we've got to do something about this. Do you realize that a $50,000 bond would not only take every cent of my ready cash, but also means a mortgage on my Works?
10: <laughs> oh, uh, gee, I'm sorry about how the whole thing went, Mr. Gildersleeve.
6: Well, maybe if we went into the judge's chambers, we could persuade him to lower the bond, Uncle more.
7: Sure, just let me talk to him.
10: Young man,
8: you've talked enough for one day.
6: Well, how about it, Tim?
8: Well, it won't hurt to try. Come on. Yeah.
11: Come
6: on.
8: Uh, excuse us, Judge Hooker. Uh... You remember me, don't you? <laughs> I uh, I thought perhaps maybe we could possibly get that little cash bond reduced. I don't see why
6: I should. Have if to...
8: you spoke to somebody who'd known me for a long time, they might convince you that I'm not such a bad fellow. <laughs> oh,
6: that would be fine, Uncle Mort. Yeah. Who could the judge talk to?
8: Why, uh, the president of the Whistle Vista Chamber of Commerce. He's my next door neighbor too. A chap named Fiverr McGee. We can call him long distance, Your Honor. <laughs>
9: Yes, yes, I see, Mr. McGee. Yes, I'm glad you put me straight on that.
8: Yes, I knew my little chum would set me in right. That's a very good point. Leroy, I want you to meet McGee one of these days. There's one of nature's
9: noblemen. I guess you've made up my mind for me, Fibber. Uh, Fibber. (laughs) Hold the phone a second, I'll tell him. Gildersleeve. Uh, Yes, Judge? Gildersleeve, I've decided to rescind that $50,000 bond. Uh...
8: I knew that would happen if you spoke to my little pal.
9: Yes, after talking to McGee, I'm going to make that bond a hundred thousand dollars. What?
8: Give me that telephone. Hello? You're a hard man, McGee. (laughs)
3: The great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. While Uncle Trock recovers from that one, I want to say a word that I believe will make every thinking housewife want to try Parquet Margarine tomorrow. This delicious new craft product is most popular as a spread for bread and a seasoning for hot cooked foods because of its delicate pleasing flavor. But the same qualities that make it so good for table use make it an extra fine shortening for baking. I say extra fine because it has all the qualities of an ordinary shortening plus fine flavor and added nourishment. Let me read you a statement from Mrs. Lillian Watts, who, having been born and raised on a farm, is mighty particular about food. She says, quote, I have a family of eight, and they all like parquet margarine. I use it in various ways. Cakes, bread, muffins, biscuits, soup, spreads, and other ways too numerous to mention. Thank you a thousand times for this wonderful product. End of quote. Now, that's a mighty enthusiastic statement. But you'll be just as enthusiastic once you have tried Parquet. It's so delicious, so nourishing, so grand in every way. Tomorrow, be sure to order Parquet, the economical spread made by Kraft. And remember, every pound of Parquet margarine contains 9,000 units of vitamin A. (laughs)
8: By right, George, Leroy, I'm going to show that judge I can run that estate, or my name won't be Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve.
7: You better warn Uncle Mort. You won't even have a name.
8: Yeah, no, I'll just have a number. Good night, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: music on tonight's program was composed and conducted by William Randall. This is Jim Bannon saying goodnight for craft and reminding you to tune in again next week at the same time to hear the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Hey, look at these kids, they're having a
2: ball.
9: They can craft caramel apples, they're the most in the ball. Most in the
4: fall, they're gooey, yeah. they're chewy, yeah. they're great
6: they fun to eat. Make Kraft Caramel Apples and
12: have yourself a treat. The recipe for Kraft Caramel Apples is on every bag, and
3: you get free apple sticks, too. It
10: is autumn with Autumn. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Craft Cheese Company, who also bring you Bing Crosby every Thursday night, present each week at this time, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton. We'll hear from The Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. Likely as not, you've all heard and read a lot about margarine lately. You see, margarine is a wholesome spread for bread our government recommends in our national nutrition program. But if you haven't tried margarine for the last few years, you'll certainly be pleasantly surprised when you taste Parquet margarine, the delicious vegetable margarine that's made by Kraft. Parquet margarine is made to the same high standards of flavor and quality as Kraft's other famous food products. Parquet's flavor is so delicate and appetizing you'll be proud to use it. As a spread for bread, a flavor shortening for baking, and for pan frying, too. Just try it once and see if you don't agree that Parquet Margarine's delightful, satisfying flavor is just bound to please. And another thing, Parquet Margarine provides important nutritional elements, vitamin A, and food energy we need every day. So don't just ask your food dealer for margarine, ask for Parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet Margarine, made by Kraft. Now, let's join our friend, the great Gildersleeve, who has been carrying on a feud recently with the water department. Two weeks ago, he got up a petition complaining about the water pressure. But all the action he got out of Commissioner Clanahan was a large hole dug in his front yard, which has been there ever since. This morning, we find him at the barbershop where he's gone to carry his fight to the people, while Floyd takes a little off the sides. <laughs>
8: Yes, sir. I told him, Clanahan I'll give you exactly 24 hours. I said, either you get that hole fixed up, I said, or I don't pay my water bill. That's telling him. What did he say? He said, you don't pay your bill and I'll turn off your water. That's telling him. What did you say? I said, the pressure's so low now that I wouldn't know the difference. I said, go ahead and turn it off. That's telling him. What did he do then? He turned it off. <laughs> yeah, that'll fix him. Yeah, but what am I
13: going to do
4: for water?
5: Oh, come in, Mr. Peavy, you're next.
4: Oh, See, you're busy, Floyd. I can
5: come. Oh, back. no, no. I'm just finishing up with Mr. Gildersleeve here. Yeah. Won't be a minute. Down, take a load off your
4: feet. Well, oh, good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, hello, Petey. How's the drug business? Well, to tell you the truth, Mr. Gildersleeve, it's been a little slow. But then it always was. I guess I can't complain. <laughs> well, that cold spell we had last week must have boomed things for you. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, there were a lot of colds, people all over town coughing and sneezing Yes, there were, and we did have a little flurry in cold remedies But then the soda fountain fell off <laughs> <laughs> Well, things are
5: bad all over Yeah, what's the use? Government's going to take everything we make over 25000 a year anyway and I'm not going to kill myself Yes Would you like a little something on it, Mr. Gildersleeve? What do you got, Floyd? Oh, you know, Wild Root, Lucky Tiger, Ed Penards Got them all I got a new one, too. Roses of Picardy. Roses of Picardy. Mmm, that sounds nice. Yeah, smell it. Mmm, give me a little of that. (laughs) I put some on Mr. Peavy the other day, and he had a lot of nice comment on it, didn't you, Mr. Peavy?
4: Well, no, I wouldn't say that.
9: (laughs) (laughs) the time you
4: put that on me, Mrs. Peavy made me sleep in the guest room. (laughs) You might have told me before he got it on me, Peavy.
9: Gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, morning, Judge. Good morning, Judge Hooker. Hello, Floyd. Peavy. Well, Gildy, I suppose you're feeling pretty good. Uh, pretty good? About what? About Clanahan. The way I feel about
8: Clanahan,
9: I could be arrested. But don't tell me you haven't heard. Heard what? Clanahan's quit. He quit? Yep. He turned in his resignation last night. So the town is now without a water commissioner.
8: It was without a water commissioner before Clanahan
9: quit, too. You're right, Gildy, and you deserve all the credit for getting rid of it.
8: Well, now, I wouldn't say that.
9: <laughs> oh, yes, you do. You got up the petition. Of course, I outlined
8: it. Oh, no, you didn't.
9: well yes, I did. But I don't want any credit for that.
8: No, I can see that.
9: I signed it, remember? So did I. We all did. But our friend Gildersleeve here is the one who circulated it. He gets the credit. Uh, of course, you know who they're talking about for water commissioner now, don't you, Gildy? No, who? Oh, come on, don't be modest. What do you mean? Use your head, Gildy. Who is the obvious man for the job? <laughs> Why, of course. It isn't official yet, so I wouldn't say anything about it, but the town council's meeting tomorrow afternoon and they tell me it's just a formality.
8: But, Judge, I don't even know that I'd want the job. I mean, I haven't even thought about it. I mean, Floyd, get this thing off of me.
5: Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you going to... I haven't got time. Here's a dollar. Keep the change. Right. Ooh, where's my
9: coat. What's your hurry, Commissioner.
5: Holy smokes. He never tipped me more than 15 cents
9: before. <laughs> you know, some people will believe anything. <laughs> what do you mean, Judge? Yep. You can fool some of the people some of the time, and you can fool some of the people all of the time. But Gildersleeve fools himself. You mean Mr. Gildersleeve isn't going to be water commissioner? Well, don't tell me you fell for it
5: too, Peavy. Yeah. (laughs) Some people will believe anything.
4: But I think Mr. Gildersleeve would make a very good commissioner.
9: What's that got to do with it? This is politics. What do you think Clanahan
4: resigned for? Well, he has his coal business and the hay, grain, and feed. And the hardware and half his brother's plumbing business.
5: Yes,
9: and he also has a son in law that he's sick of supporting.
5: Yeah, Harry Holdsapple.
9: You watch. Day after tomorrow, Harry Holdsapple will be water commissioner. <laughs>
8: Uh, uh, Nothing, my dear. It's nothing, really. But you've been running. Uh, Not particularly. Uh, Be calm, my dear.
6: I am calm. What is it?
8: Uh, Sit down.
6: You better sit down, too.
8: Oh, I'm quite all right. I think I will sit down, though. (sighs) (laughs) Now tell me, my dear, what have you been doing with yourself all morning?
6: Uncle Mort, what is it?
8: Oh, that. Uh, Well, Marjorie, I have a little piece of news for you. You and Leroy. Where is
6: he? He'll be back in a minute. Now, what's the news?
8: Well, it isn't official yet, but Judge Hooker says it's practically in the bag.
6: What? What is?
8: Marjorie, how would you like it if your old uncle were commissioner of the waterworks?
6: Commissioner? You mean? Uh huh. Wonderful, Uncle Mort. That's wonderful. It's... Uh-huh. it's wonderful.
8: It's not as wonderful as all that.
6: Oh, yes, it is, and you deserve it. You did the whole thing yourself. Uncle oh, Mort, I'm so proud of you. Mm.
8: Well, uh, public service has its compensations, I see.
6: Leroy! Leroy, come here, quick! What's up, Marge? Are oh, you back, Unc? Leroy, Uncle Mort's going to be water commissioner. Yeah. Well, Leroy, did you hear me? Uncle Mort's going to be water commissioner. What does it pay? <laughs> Leroy!
8: I haven't the faintest idea what it pays, young man, and furthermore, I don't care. I've been asked to serve the community, and I intend to serve it to the best of my ability. I wonder what it does pay. <laughs>
11: Miss oh, Bertie,
6: come here. I'm coming. Yes? Bertie, guess what? Oh, I'm no good at guessing. Uncle Mort's going to be water commissioner. My goodness. If I'd known that, I'd have baked the
8: cake. Well, it's not too late yet, Bertie.
6: <laughs> oh. oh, you're going to have to do a lot of things, Bertie. When you answer the phone, you're going to have to say, Commissioner Gildersleeve's house. Excuse me, Miss Marjorie. Resident. a yes. oh, resident. Yes. And we must see that the laundry puts more starch in his collar.
8: Wait a minute. I can't stand stiff collars.
6: That makes no difference. You're an important man now, and you've got to dress the part. You can't wear that baggy old suit another day.
8: But this is my best suit.
6: It's your only suit.
8: Well, I can't wear more than one suit at a time.
6: <laughs> I know, but you shouldn't have to go to bed every time you have it pressed. <laughs> You're going to be a busy man.
8: Uh, you're right there, my dear.
6: You don't want people saying there goes Mr. Gildersleeve, the worst-dressed water commissioner in town.
8: No, but the well-dressed man today isn't the man with pleats in his pants. It's the man with shiny elbows.
6: In another few weeks, you aren't even going to have elbows. Uh, uh, I think you ought to go out and buy a new suit, Uncle Moore.
8: Well, oh, maybe you're right, my dear, but it'll have to be for the duration.
6: And another thing, you ought to have a decent <coughs> photograph taken for the indicator vindicator.
8: Oh, what would they want with a photograph of me? Do you think I ought to have a profile or a full face?
7: <laughs> How about a panorama, Uncle?
8: <laughs> very good, Leroy, very good A little fresh, but we're overlooking things today
6: Oh, come on, Uncle Mort, we've got a million things to do Let's get
8: started now, wait a minute, there's one thing first Remember, all of you, this is not official yet So not a word to anybody Bertie? Oh, not a word uh, Marjorie?
6: Not a word uh... Not a word yeah. <laughs>
9: Now, uh, just
5: slip this jacket on for size, will you, Commissioner? Uh, Commissioner? Oh, well, of course, that isn't for
8: publication yet. Uh, oh, this isn't the kind of suit I had in mind. I thought maybe something like a cutaway,
9: something more official. No, I'm sorry, but cutaways are out, uh, government regulation. Nobody
6: oh. wears cutaways anymore anyway, Uncle Moore.
9: The young lady's right. I personally wouldn't be caught dead in one. Yes,
5: well, how about something double-breasted, huh? Dark blue, maybe, with a pinstripe. Right. Oh, I'm sorry,
9: but double-breasteds are out, too, the regulations. Oh.
8: Well, just run me up a nice loincloth. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There's a nice piece of material. I like that one. Let me try that one off.
6: Uncle Moore, that's yours. That's the one you wore in here.
8: Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I always did like this suit. I think I'll stick to it. Goodbye. Oh, uh, goodbye, Commissioner. <laughs>
13: Look present, please, Commissioner. Uh, oh, Commissioner. Well, I'm getting kind of used to it. <laughs> uh, look this way, please. No, a little more the other way. No, and now a little more this way.
6: Mm-hmm. Uncle Mort, you're looking cross eyed.
13: How can I help it?
8: I'm looking six different ways at once.
4: <laughs> uh, we must try to be a little patient. Now, raise your chin just a teensy
8: bit. Your chin? Which one?
4: <laughs>
13: <laughs>
5: That's better. Now, hold it like that while I fix this light.
8: Uh, hurry up, will you? My nose is itching.
5: There. Now, give me a nice big smile. Never mind the smile. Take your picture. Hold it, hold it.
13: Oh, it's a beauty. You'll want a dozen for your friends. Thank you, Commissioner.
6: Oh, Uncle Mort, there's something else you ought to have. what? There in the window.
8: In the window? What would I do with a girdle? Don't answer that.
6: (laughs) Oh, not that window. This one. See, the briefcase.
8: I don't need a briefcase. Oh,
6: but you will. You're going to have lots of important papers.
8: Say, I guess that's right, Marjorie. I'd better... Ah, good morning, Mrs. Ransom.
6: Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve, what a small world. Uh. Why, only this morning I was trying to call you.
8: Oh, were you indeed?
6: Yes, I... Oh, hello, Marjorie. Hello. I was planning to invite you to dinner tonight. I'm having fried chicken.
8: Uh, oh, my... I'd love to, Mrs. Ransom. I'd love to. But unfortunately, my time is not my own these days.
6: I'm having candid yams.
8: Oh, brother. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Leela. Pressure of official business, you know.
6: Oh. Well, I think I'll just run in here for a minute, Uncle Morton. Will you excuse me, Mrs. Ransom? Certainly, darling. I'll be back in a minute. All right. Well, Throckmorton, if you're so frightfully busy, I guess you shouldn't be wasting your time with me.
8: Oh, Leela, you don't understand. There's something I want to tell you, but I, I can't just yet.
6: Well, you can always confide in me, Throckmorton.
8: Oh, thank you, Leela. Uh, it has to do with a matter that's been uppermost in my mind for the last few weeks.
6: Well, I can't imagine what you're talking about, Throckmorton.
8: Well, I can tell you this much. An important decision is going to be made tomorrow that may affect my whole future.
6: I can't imagine what that would be.
8: Well, I'll give you a little hint. Uh, think of water. Water? Uh-huh. Lots and lots of water. Thousands of gallons a minute. Do you begin to understand?
6: I think I do. Will you and I be there?
8: You and I? Where?
6: Niagara Falls. Oh! Niagara Falls.
10: The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few seconds. If you're up on your nutrition ABCs, you know how important vitamin A and food energy are. Yes, we all need food energy and vitamin A. They're both mighty essential to good nutrition. So you'll be glad to know that an economical source of both these food elements is delicious parquet margarine, the wholesome spread for bread that's made by Kraft. Yes, parquet margarine is one of the very best energy foods you can serve. And throughout the year, every pound of parquet margarine contains 9,000 units of vitamin A, making it one of the most reliable year-round food sources of this important vitamin. Besides in flavor and texture, Parquet is entirely different from old-time margarines. You'll agree after one try that Parquet is the margarine that tastes so deliciously good. So tomorrow, sure, ask your food dealer for a pound or two of Parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine, the nourishing, economical spread for bread made by Kraft. And now let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. After a sleepless night and a morning spent at the library reading up on waterworks, he approaches the eve of his expected triumph in a spirit of humble dedication to service. With the special meeting of the town council only an hour off, he's preparing a statement for the Indicator Vindicator.
8: Uh, Read that back to me, will you, my dear? Uh, That last.
6: Oh, um, when interviewed, Mr. Gildersleeve said, this honor comes to me as a complete surprise.
8: Uh, Yes. Uh, But I am prepared to say at this time that I propose to give to this community... Yes? Uh, What was I going to give it? Oh, yes. A clean administration, clean management, and clean... uh... Clean water.
6: Clean
8: water. <laughs> Have you got that, Marjorie? Yes, go
6: ahead.
8: After a preliminary survey, I feel that I can say without fear of contradiction that no city, town, village, or hamlet from Maine to California can boast of finer, healthier, more nutritious tap water than Summerfield's. Let's keep it that way.
6: Good. Now, we've got to hurry this down there if we want to catch the paper before it goes to print. I'll take it. I'll go on my bicycle. Give it to me. Oh, wait till I address the envelope.
8: Uh, don't forget to put the photograph in. Here. Which one do you like best?
6: They're all terrible.
8: Oh, I don't know. I don't think this one is bad.
6: It looks like Victor Mature with a mustache.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps there is a resemblance. I can't help that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> hurry up and pick one, Uncle. I've just about got time to get down there.
8: Oh, dear. I can't decide. I think it's between this one and me pounding my fist... And the one where I'm pouring a glass of water. Maybe that's better for Water Commissioner, that little tie up there.
7: Too bad he didn't get you in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Remember, Leroy, see that it gets to the editor. Don't give it to anybody else. Insist on giving it to Mr. Powers.
7: Okay, Uncle.
6: Oh, sorry, Judge. Where's the fire? Anybody
4: home? Oh, yes.
7: Yeah.
6: Come in, Judge. Hello,
9: Gildy. When are you going to get around to taking your screens off?
8: Gosh, I don't know, Judge. I've been pretty busy here lately. I guess I'm going to be a lot busier. Doing what? Well, water commissioner's no part-time job, you know. Water comm...
9: Oh. As a matter of fact, Gildy, I um, uh, wanted to speak to you about that. Huh? I wouldn't say too much about that if I were you. Oh, I'm keeping it quiet. But I wanted you to know, Horace, that I'm grateful to you for what you did.
6: We all are, Jack.
9: Wait a minute now. I didn't do anything.
8: Oh, I know. You'll deny it, you old son of a gun. But somebody put in a good word for me with the town council, or I wouldn't have got this appointment. And... All I want to say is, Judge, I hope I'll get a chance to do as much for you sometime. It
6: was sweet of you, Judge. It, it really
8: was. Oh, yes. yes. We've had a lot of scraps together, Horace. When you come right down to it, well, I'd go to bat for you any time, and I know you would for me. You've proved that.
9: I wish you'd listen to me, both of you. Just a
8: minute. I'd like to show you something first. A little statement I got up for the Indicator Vindicator, you know, a sort of a speech of acceptance. I sent it down there with my photograph. Oh, my goodness. Did you make a carbon copy of that, Marjorie? I'd like to show it to the judge. Oh, I'm
6: sorry, but Leroy took the only copy down there.
8: You haven't sent it to the paper already. Why, of course. I would make tomorrow's edition at the same time as the announcement. You've got to stop him.
9: Why?
7: Yes, why?
9: I don't know how to say this, Gildy. I blame myself. I really do. But I, I wouldn't count on that appointment too much, old man. Why not? Because you don't stand a chance of getting it. But you said yourself... Why
6: you told him, John. I
9: know, I know, and I could bite my tongue off for doing it, but I, I never thought you'd take it that seriously, Gildy.
6: You mean the whole thing was nothing but a joke?
9: I'm afraid that's about the size of it, Marjorie.
6: But I can't believe it. You wouldn't deliberately... Gildy,
9: I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right.
8: <laughs> well, if you'll excuse me, I... I guess I'll... get at those screens...
9: Uh, Excuse me.
6: Judge Hooker?
9: Don't say it, Marjorie.
6: You can't do that to my uncle.
9: You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm a mean old man and I hate myself. Believe me, I I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have had it happen for the world. Well,
6: you're going to do something about it. Have you got your car here?
9: (coughs) Right outside.
6: We've got to stop Leroy before he gets to the paper with that statement. the, The whole town will be laughing.
9: All right, come on Judge? I'm going 35. We're,
6: all...
9: <laughs> We're almost there. Right down
6: the block. There's Leroy.
4: Ooh, my rubber.
6: Leroy! Leroy! We're oh, too late. I know we are. Did you deliver it, Leroy? Yeah, sure. I gave it to Mr. Powers himself. Oh, dear. Why, what's up? Well, I can't explain now. I haven't got time. But hurry home, Leroy. Uncle Mort needs you. Judge, you wait right here. Marjorie, where are you going? I'm going in to see the editor. I'll come with you. No, you won't. You've done enough.
9: All right, Marjorie. Just as you said.
6: Where's Mr. Powers' office, please? Right straight ahead.
13: Well, come in.
6: You're Mr. Powers, aren't you?
13: That's right.
6: I'm Mr. Gildersleeve's niece. And go ahead and laugh.
13: Well, now, sit down, sit down. Take it easy. Oh,
6: I know it all seems very funny to you. Have you read it?
13: Yes, I've read it.
6: Well, I won't try to explain how it happened, Mr. Powers. It was a mistake, and I I guess it seems pretty silly to you. But my uncle doesn't know very much about newspapers, and neither do I. He was just trying to do the right thing. You see, somebody told him he was going to be appointed water commissioner.
13: Well, I thought nobody wanted it but Harry Holzapfel.
6: Harry Holzapfel. That's just what's wrong with this town. It's it's full of Harry hole's apples. There aren't enough people in it like Uncle Mort. They're all trying to figure what they can get out of it instead of what they can put into it.
13: Maybe you're right.
6: And I'll tell you this about my uncle. He's a good guy, and and he really would make the best water commissioner Summerfield ever had. Because it, it means a lot to him, and, and the town does, and, and he's interested in it, and he studies about it, and he just... Uh,
13: now, wait a minute.
6: And another thing... Do you know he got up a petition all by himself? And... I
13: know, I know all about that. Gildersleeve's a good man.
6: Of course he is. And I'll tell you something else. Now about wait, him. young
13: lady. You don't want to tell me. You want to tell the town council.
6: Oh, I just wish I could.
13: Well, they're meeting over at town hall right now.
6: But they've never let me in.
13: <coughs> well, they'll let me in. Power the press. But well, come on, I'll get my hat.
8: Leroy, when I think of the countless errands I've sent you on, and how few of them you managed to complete successfully,
7: <laughs>
8: why did you have to deliver the goods this time?
7: Marsh, oh, I only did what you told me.
8: I know, but you ought to warn me when you're going to do things like that. <laughs> oh, how can I face these people? How can I face Mrs. Ransom? How can I even face Peavy? What am I going to do?
7: Well, you could always join the foreign region. <laughs>
8: This is no time for quips and sallies, young man.
7: Well, you asked me.
8: But I know what I could do. I could join the army.
7: Are you kidding? Not
8: a bit. Service of my country? the uniform? They couldn't laugh at that.
7: No, I couldn't.
8: Why, George, I'll do it. I look like a million in that uniform in 1917.
7: You look like ten million now, Uncle.
8: (laughs) Good afternoon, Sergeant. Lieutenant.
5: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Is this where you join the Army? Well, that depends. Is this for yourself or for a friend? (laughs) Myself.
8: I want to enlist for immediate duty overseas.
5: Oh, I want to see the world, huh? Why don't you try the Navy?
4: I'm a captain. Uh, Pardon me.
8: I've been recommended to the Navy, Captain. I'd like to join up. I see. How tall are you, mister?
5: Five feet, eight and a half. And your weight? Two thirty. Gross or net? (laughs) That's in my shorts. Who recommended you to the Navy, mister? The Army. Oh, they did, eh? Well, why don't you go tell it to the Marines? (laughs)
8: General?
4: I'm just a sergeant, Bud. (laughs) What's on your mind? I'm thinking of joining the Marine
8: Corps. I I want to see some active service. What gave you that idea? Well, it's a long story. My nephew suggested the Army, but the Army suggested the Navy, and the Navy suggested the Marines. I see.
4: How about it? Do you think you could consider me? I'm afraid not, Bud, but I'll tell you what we will do. What? We'll consider the nephew. Oh, (laughs)
7: 5F 5F? What's that?
8: Flat feet, fat, flabby, and 44
7: Oh, well, you don't want to feel badly about it You tried Yeah
8: You know, Leroy, I don't suppose any man ever thinks of himself as old Even when he's 80 But I realize it today for the first time. I'm old.
7: Oh, you're not old, Dunk. You've got a lot of good mileage left yet.
8: Uh, They don't want men like me, Leroy. It's the 18 and 19-year-olds. They've got the courage and the pep and the endurance. It's a young man's war and a young man's world. I ought to turn myself in for scrap.
7: (laughs) Oh, now, don't talk like that, Unc. I know, how would you like to go to the movies? There's a swell bill at the Majestic No, what's playing? Eagle Squadron and the Battle of Midway
8: (laughs) You go, Leroy
7: I don't want to go, Uncle. I'd rather stay here with
14: you Uh, Mr. Gillespie, I made some of that special coffee cake you like Could I give you some? uh,
8: No, not just now, thank you, Bertie
14: It's hot right out of the oven
8: Uh, You might leave it, Bertie Perhaps Leroy would like a piece
14: No, thanks Leroy, what's the matter, your uncle?
8: What's the matter with you? It's nothing, Bertie. Everything's fine.
14: I don't know what's come over everybody in this house. Can't sell no coffee cake. Uh, you know what I think, Miss Gilsleeve? What? I think you're worrying too much. I think it's that Waterworks. You ought to give it up.
7: Yeah. Bertie. <laughs> Bertie, go bake a cake.
14: I've gone, I don't know. Things are sure different around here. They ain't the same.
6: Oh, there's Marjorie.
8: Leroy, don't say anything to her about uh, you know the army.
6: Okay, Uncle Mort. Uh,
13: in here, my dear. Right, Mister
8: Powers.
6: Thank you. Uncle Mort, you know Mister Powers of the indicators.
13: Oh, oh yes. I uh, just came over to congratulate you, Commissioner. Uh, yeah, Commissioner. And to thank you for that little statement you sent us. Oh, that.
6: Mm-hmm. I don't think Uncle Mort understands.
13: We just, just come, come from, from the, the town. Well, you jelly. Uh, we've just been to the meeting of the town council, and I'm delighted to report that your appointment went through without a single dissenting vote. You mean that
6: I'm? He's water commissioner. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, the Lord, I'm so glad. Water commissioner,
13: commissioner of the waterworks. I don't mind telling you, Mister Powers, this means a lot to me. It means a lot to Summerfield. And I want you to know that the indicator is back of you 100%.
8: Oh, thank you. Uh, have some coffee cake. Uh, have a glass of water. Well, well don't care if I do. If uh, water, Commissioner, wait till Judge Hooker hears about this. The old goat, he wasn't so far wrong at that. You know, he said I was the obvious man for the job. Oh, you were? Well, you think so, too?
13: Certainly. The only other candidate had just been drafted. <laughs> <laughs>
6: had a pretty big day. I really think you ought to go to bed
8: now. You're right, my dear. I guess I'll take my book to bed with me.
6: What is that book anyway, Unc?
8: Uh, the Lives of the Presidents.
7: The Lives of the Presidents? What are you reading that for?
8: I just wanted to confirm an impression. I have a distinct recollection that in 1874, William McKinley was Water Commissioner of Buffalo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>
10: This program was composed and conducted by Billy Mills. This is Frank Bingman speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve.
3: homemade macaroni and cheese makes a hit. And it's simple with Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner. Only a nickel a serving, too. You get tender macaroni and new improved Kraft grated that makes Kraft dinner golden with rich cheddar flavor. For this tasty main dish, we've spooned into it uh, onto Frankfurters that we've split and broiled and then spread with mustard. The garnish is pimento. Enjoy it often. Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner. And to get any of tonight's recipes free, send a postcard with your name and address to Kraft Television Recipes, Box 1718, Chicago 77, Illinois.
7: Has he shown up yet, Bertie? Not yet, Leroy, but he'll be here. You can count on Mr. Gildersleeve. Gosh, what a long vacation. Why doesn't he shake a leg? Well, he's coming. You can count on Mr. Gildersleeve.
12: That's right, Bertie. He'll be here in a minute. Tonight, in the first of a new fall and winter series of Wednesday evening broadcasts, the Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of a complete line of famous quality food products. And here's great news about parquet margarine, that wonderful tasting margarine made by Kraft. Where state laws permit, you can now buy yellow parquet, already colored and ready to serve, in a new foil wrap and at a new low price. That's right. Each quarter pound in the new parquet package is now individually wrapped in new flavor-saver aluminum foil to seal freshness and flavor in, keep staleness and odor out. Now, the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh is actually fresher. Better tasting than ever. And listen to this. Since the repeal of the federal tax on colored margarine, grocers now sell yellow parquet at a new low price, lowest in history. If you live where yellow margarine is sold, get parquet tomorrow in its new flavor saver foil at its new low cost. Elsewhere, get parquet in the handy color quick bag or regular package. Get P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. It's been pretty quiet around the great Gildersleeve's house this summer. The water commissioner has been away on a long vacation. But today, the household returned to life. Bertie, the housekeeper, swept off the welcome mat and put the leaf back in the dining room table.
14: Yes, sir. I'm sure glad he's coming back. (laughs) This family without Miss Gildersleeve is like a hot dog with no mustard.
7: Hey, Bertie, look. Good heavens, Leroy. What happened to your head? I got a haircut surprise for Uncle Mort. Keen, huh? You got no hair left.
14: Yeah, it's a butch. Butch? With that sunburned neck and that white dome, you look like old Baldy.
7: (laughs) Yeah. Anybody heard from Uncle Mort?
14: No, but he's gonna be here any minute. Now, you go get cleaned up and help straighten up the house. We want things looking nice around here when your uncle comes.
7: Well, holy cow, where's Marge? Why doesn't she do something?
14: You don't need to worry about your sister. Miss Marjorie and Mr. Bronco's got their little apartment upstairs as neat as a pin. Mr. Bronco even cleaned out the basement. Hey, what's been going on
7: with Marge and Bronco today? What do you mean? Well, they've been acting kind of funny. I heard a big racket upstairs this morning, and all day Bronco's been going around wearing dark glasses. What's wrong with a man wearing dark glasses? In the basement?
2: (laughs) Don't matter
14: to me what Mr. Bronco wears. What makes you so nosy, Leroy?
15: You're the nosiest boy. Well, there's something going on. Oh, Bertie. Yes, Miss Marjorie? Do we have any steak in the icebox? Steak? You want to cook it? No, I need it upstairs.
7: What you gonna do with
15: steak upstairs? It's none of your business. You see, Bertie, you see? I told you there was
14: something. Leroy, you hush. There's a steak in the icebox for dinner, Miss Marjorie. You can take some of that.
15: Well, thanks, Bertie. And I need some adhesive tape.
7: Steak and adhesive tape? What you gonna do, put the cow back together?
15: Here's the tape. Thanks, Bertie. What's she gonna do with that stuff? Leroy, stop being so nosy. Well, gee whiz.
14: Somebody's at the front door.
7: Hey, it's Uncle Morse. It's Uncle Morse. Hello, everybody. Leroy, Audrey, Bronco. Bertie, I'm
2: home!
8: Oh, hello, Well, Leroy, little Leroy.
7: Oh, boy, I'm
2: told.
8: Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, oh, don't squeeze too high. You'll crush my cigars. Well, Bertie.
14: Welcome home, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh,
16: thank you, Bertie. By George, it's good to be home. Back with the little family again.
7: I'm sure glad to see you, Unc.
8: You are? Oh, what a lovable boy.
7: What'd you bring me? Well,
8: I may have a little package in my valise with your name on it
7: Oh, boy, you're the best uncle a kid ever had
8: (laughs) Sure, sure
7: My,
14: you sure look fine, Mr. Gilleslieb
8: Yes, I'm a new man, Bertie
14: Where'd
7: you stay, Unc?
8: Uh, Aspinola Hot Springs Sulfur water, real mud baths
7: That must have been high-powered mud You even look different (laughs) Well, the rest
8: did your old uncle a lot of good, my boy Say, where's Marjorie and Bronco? Oh,
16: Anki!
8: Anki! Uh, hello, Marjorie. Mm, little Marjorie.
15: Oh, Uncle Mort, we've missed you so.
8: Have you really? Well, I've missed you too. All of you.
15: But, Anki, what have you done to yourself? Well, you look different.
7: He's been in the mud. <laughs> <laughs>
15: Espinola
8: Hot Springs, my dear. I feel as frisky as a colt. <laughs> well, that reminds me, where's Bronco?
15: Uh, Bronco? <laughs> yes,
8: Bronco. Remember? The man you married?
15: Oh, Bronco. Well, he's upstairs.
8: Well, tell him to come down. This is a family reunion, and he's part of the family.
15: Bronco! Well, you see, Unky? Bronco! Oh, are you home, Mr.
17: Gildersleeve?
8: <laughs> Am I home? <laughs> Coming right down, Mr.
17: Gildersleeve.
8: <laughs> Why is he wearing those dark glasses? Feeling his way down the stairs.
15: Well, the sun is pretty bright, Unky. Sun? <laughs>
8: There's no sun in here
15: He's Cuckoo Leroy, you hush up Welcome
17: home Glad to see you, Mr. Gildersleeve
8: Bronco, you're shaking hands with Bertie You're over here, Mr. Gildersleeve Bronco, take off those dark glasses Yes, sir
17: Holy smoke
8: Oh, brother, what a black eye Bronco, what happened? What happened? Who hit you?
17: Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Gildersleeve... Well,
15: I can explain it, Unky. Bronco was lifting a suitcase down from the shelf in our closet and... Now,
8: wait a minute. You don't have a shelf in your closet.
7: We don't? It's as plain as the nose on your face. Old Marge slugged him. <laughs>
17: well, you see, Mr. Gildersleeve,
7: I was He about... was getting a suitcase
15: down from the shelf in the garage and... The
8: garage has been locked all the time I was away. And I had the key.
7: Oh, well... Hey, isn't this keen? <laughs> <laughs> well, you stop.
8: My George, somebody in this family is trying to hide something. Yeah. What
17: in the world have you people been doing while I was gone? Well, it's like this, Mr. Gildersleeve. I started to go down the stairs, see, and well, I... No, you
15: weren't going down the stairs. But,
17: Mars... Now, wait. Whose black
8: eye is this?
15: Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, it was like this. No, it wasn't that way, Unky.
8: Oh, for goodness sake. I turned my back for a second to take a month's vacation, and the family falls apart. Bronco, come into my study. I want to have a little talk with you.
7: Me too? No. Okay.
8: Now, sit down, Bronco, and let's...
17: Oh, uh... thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll bet you had a swell time on your vacation, Oh yes, uh, now, Bronco, there's something going on. It here. sure is fine to have you back, Mr. Gildersleeve.
8: Uh, uh, thank you, Bronco. Now, if you and Marjorie
1: it
17: uh, are... did you a lot of good, Mr. Gildersleeve, you're the picture of hell. Now wait. A man needs a vacation, Mr. Gildersleeve, and you took one. Oh
2: <laughs> well,
17: Look me in the eye with the one that's open. yes, sir now. What happened? Mr. Gildersleeve, a fellow should always tell the truth, isn't that right? Certainly And but... if a fella can't tell the truth, he shouldn't tell anything Don't you agree, Mr. Gildersleeve?
4: Yeah, of course In but... the case
17: of this black eye, I can't tell you the truth <laughs> My lips are sealed Who said so? Marjorie
12: <laughs> Marjorie?
17: My wife Oh, yes Mr. Gildersleeve, someday when you get married, you'll understand Bronco, stop talking like my grandfather. You're just a boy, just a youngster. Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I've lived. (laughs) Yes,
8: I
4: can see that.
8: Well, it doesn't matter to me, Bronco. I don't care what you and Marjorie do. Go your own way. I have too many other things to think about. We'll simply forget the whole thing. Yes, sir. Don't bring your troubles to me. Not even interested. Yes, sir. Now, I'm very busy, Bronco. Nothing else you want to talk to me about? You'd
17: better run along. (laughs) Thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll see you later.
8: Oh, what a boy. I wonder if he and Marjorie are having problems. They say the first year is the hardest. Still, Marjorie couldn't have hit him hard enough to give him that black eye. I don't know, though. You can't tell about women. They can be dangerous. <laughs> I uh, think I'll slip upstairs and talk to Marjorie. Oh, what a mess. By George, I got back from that vacation just in time.
16: Marjorie, it's me.
15: Oh, What is it, Oggie?
8: I'd like to talk to you. May I come in?
15: Oh, certainly. The door isn't locked.
8: Well, your little apartment is very attractive.
15: Thank you, Unky.
8: Yes, indeed. Well, I
16: haven't seen you in quite a while, my dear. Everything going all right, is it?
15: Oh, just fine, Unky.
16: You and Bronco are happy, aren't
15: you? Oh, yes, very happy.
8: Well, good. Glad to hear it. Yes, indeed. Hmm none of my business, but uh, about Bronco. Has he been boxing lately?
15: No, not that I know of.
8: Well, not prying into your personal affairs, my dear. It's just that, uh, well, it's nothing important. Certainly doesn't matter to me. Not in the least.
15: <laughs> Poor Unky, you're dying of curiosity.
8: Me? Curious? Oh, Marjorie.
15: Uncle Mort, can you keep a secret?
8: Why, certainly. What kind of a secret?
15: You won't tell a soul?
4: Of course not.
15: Well, all right. I'll tell you how Bronco got his black eye. Well? Well, this morning he started to run downstairs to tell Bertie and Leroy something, and I caught him by the shirt. <laughs> Poor Bronco. He tripped and bumped his nose against the banister.
13: Oh, is that all that happened? Really?
15: <laughs>
6: That's all.
13: But what was he going to tell
8: Bertie and Leroy that made you grab him by the shirt?
15: Well, that we're going to have a baby.
8: Oh, isn't that silly?
15: <laughs> You're going to have a what? <laughs> a baby.
8: A baby? A baby. A real baby? You?
15: (laughs) Oh, Bronco was so excited he was going to run out and tell everybody. Oh,
8: Marjorie. My
16: little Marjorie. I can't believe
15: it. Well, it's true, Unky.
16: Uh, A baby.
10: You'll be a mother.
15: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you mustn't tell anybody. Not anybody for a while.
8: Nobody else knows about
15: it? Just you and I and Bronco. And the doctor. Of
8: course I won't tell anybody. We're going to have a baby. Our own baby. Oh, just think of
15: it. Isn't it wonderful, Unky?
8: Oh, Marjorie. Our own baby. <laughs> All these years I've been a mother to you. <laughs> now I'll be a grandmother. <laughs>
12: The Great Gildersleeve will return in just a moment. It's fresh.
15: Fresh. Really
12: fresh. Fresh. Always fresh. Fresh. That's why it tastes so good. It's parquet margarine made by Kraft. And it's fresh, really fresh. Blended fresh from top-grade products of American farms. Parquet is rushed fresh by truck to your store, sold fresh by your grocer. Every pound of Parquet is flavor-dated, and grocer stocks are regularly checked by Kraft representatives. That's why Kraft can positively guarantee that the Parquet margarine you buy will be fresh, really fresh. And that's why it tastes so good. If you live where colored margarine is sold, get yellow Parquet in its new flavor-saver foil at its new low price. Elsewhere, get Parquet in the handy color-quick bag or regular package. In any package, at any store, you'll be getting the margarine that tastes so good because it's fresh.
15: Really fresh?
12: That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. Sleeve came home from his vacation and ran smack into a beautiful secret. Oh, little Marjorie, expecting a baby. Uh,
16: I never anticipated that she was anticipating.
8: <laughs> oh, it's nice of her to trust her old uncle with the secret. And she was so cute about it, too.
15: Now, remember, Unky, you mustn't tell anybody, not anybody. Don't breathe it to a soul.
8: Don't breathe it too, so. Wonder how I can tell Peavy without breathing. <laughs> well, I can keep a secret. You can tell the water commissioner
4: something without it leaking out. <laughs> hello, Peavy. Well, yeah, hello, mister. You
2: honestly?
4: Vacation must have agreed with you. You're looking good. I feel good, Peavy. In fact, I'm a new man. You don't say. Yeah. yeah, my head's in the clouds, Peavy <laughs> So I see
8: Peavy, <laughs> uh, wouldn't you like to know why I'm walking on air?
4: Aren't you curious? Well You're Not uh... that
8: I'm going to tell you After all, this is strictly a family affair
4: Just concerns Marjorie and Bronco uh,
8: And me <laughs> And the fourth party who for the time being shall be nameless
4: Oh, well, in that case Now, no, Peavy, don't try to pry You can't egg it out of me. Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm not... You're pretty
8: sly, Peavy. (laughs) But I'm not talking. When I give somebody my word, I don't talk. My lips are sealed. There's a leak somewhere. But I'll uh, tell you what I can do. Since you're
4: so interested, I can give you a hint. No, I I don't think you should do that, Mr. Gildersleeve. Now, Peavy,
8: whose secret is this?
4: Well, uh... How many people have you met since you heard it?
8: Oh. <laughs> oh. Peavy, you're a fellow jolly boy, so I'll give you one guess about what's going on in our little family. What do you think of when you look up there on your shelves at all that baby oil? It's greasy. Oh.
4: <laughs> but I make six cents a bottle on it. That's pretty slick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Phoebe, you're not even interested in my secret. I'm getting out of here. Very well. But by the way, Mr. Gildersleeve, are you going to see Marjorie? Marjorie? A little later, yes. Well, will you be kind enough to give her this little prescription? Prescription? What's in it? Well, it's a pharmacist's secret. Oh? For expectant mothers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Now, Phoebe, don't go jumping at conclusions. This prescription might not mean a thing. Marjorie could be ordering this medicine for me. No, I wouldn't say that.
2: (laughs) Neither would I.
8: (laughs) Little Marjorie with a baby. Why, George, this is certainly going to be a hard secret to keep. But I'm not going to tell anybody. I think I'll stop in and see Judge Hooker. Haven't seen old Horace since my vacation.
9: Whereas the writ of habeas corpus was obtained by the party of the first part.
4: Lawyers, look at him, making a speech to the wastebasket.
9: Therefore, gentlemen of the jury, my appeal to you is... Judge! Well, guilty.
8: Judge, what are you doing?
9: I'm practicing my rebuttal.
8: Yeah, just like an old goat always thinking about his rebuttal.
9: Now, Gilder, when did you return from your vacation?
8: Uh, just got in, Horace. Did you miss the old water commissioner?
9: Uh, no. But In fact, while you were away, the city water tasted much better.
2: <laughs> all right,
8: Gilder, all right. You can't say anything that'll offend me today. <laughs> I feel too good. Uh, Judge? Yes, Gilda. You're a fine old friend of the family. Thank you. Marjorie and Leroy's godfather and all? Very true. Old friend, I have a very confidential secret. Oh? That I can't tell you.
9: Oh, balderdash. Well, I have a secret, too, Gilda. Guess what I have in this box?
8: Judge, aren't you curious about my secret?
9: <laughs> Take a look at the box, Gilda.
4: Get your nose out of that box, horse, and listen to me. This is important. My box is important, too. If not as important as my news. Look, Gildy.
9: A football helmet.
4: A lawyer with a football helmet. Uh,
8: judge, guess what I found out when I came home.
9: But, Gildy, don't you want to know who it's for?
8: Ooh, all right. Tell me who it's for and then listen to my secrets.
9: It's for Marjorie's and Bronco's baby. Oh, fine, I'll let you in on some...
2: Marjorie and Bronco's baby?
9: Of course. You knew, didn't you? Me? Why, of course. Certainly, I- I've known all along. Why, naturally. Now then, what's your secret?
8: Secret? Don't get nosy, Judge. I don't go around telling secrets. <laughs> I wonder how the old judge found out. Oh, half the fun is taken out of this thing for me. Not being able to tell somebody who doesn't already know, receiving congratulations. Say, there's Floyd standing in the door of his barber shop. I don't need a haircut, but I'm going to tell somebody. Hello, Floyd.
16: Hiya, Grandpa. Floyd. <laughs> how did you know? Don't kid yourself, Commish. I got more grape vines out than you got water
2: mains. (laughs) Come on in
16: and get a haircut. Well, I might get a light trim. Atta boy. I'll just prune the bushes in the back. (laughs) Now raise up your bottom chin so I can get the sheet around you.
8: Uh, uh, uh. Atta boy. Yes, Floyd, we're expecting a blessed event. Uh, This is the most wonderful
16: thing that ever happened to me. What's so wonderful about it? Uh, What? Well, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to see the kids expecting. But I hate to see this happen to you. Floyd, what are you getting at? Well, don't you get the picture, Commish? It ain't been no time since you were a gay, dashing blade. But what are you now? Now? You're a grandfather. What's wrong with that? Well, you've just been pushed back a generation.
8: (laughs) Old rocking chair's got you, Gramps. (laughs) Now, Floyd... Just because Marjorie's having a baby doesn't make me any older. Yeah?
16: What about that pretty little nurse you used to squire around? What do you mean,
4: used to squire?
16: Well, is she going to want to be seen dating a grandfather?
4: Watch it, Floyd.
16: When you become a grandpa, grandpa, you might as well face it. Your courting days are over. You've been turned out to
2: pasture. <laughs> oh, boy!
8: I won't really be a grandfather. After all, Marjorie isn't my real daughter. She's just my niece. I haven't even been married yet.
16: That's worse. Commish, you've been tossed out of the ball game before you come to bat.
2: <laughs>
8: so, let me out of here. Where's my cane?
4: I mean my hat. <laughs>
8: It's me, Bertie.
14: Oh, I didn't think it was you walking so slow, Mr. Gillsleeve.
8: Yeah, I had a hard day, Bertie.
14: Yes, sir. But if you knew what I just heard is going to happen around this house, you'd be kicking up your heels. What's this, Bertie? Mr. Gillsleeve, you're going to be a grandfather.
8: No. Yes,
14: you are. You got every reason to be kicking up your heels. You're gonna be a grandfather.
8: Now, Bertie. Let's
14: see you kick up them heels. You got every reason to. Now, wait
8: a minute, Bertie. Mr.
14: Gilfley, you know why you got every reason to kick up your heels, Bertie. That's right. You're gonna be
2: a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
8: my God, I'm gonna put a stop to this. Bertie, Bertie, come back here. Yes, sir. Bertie, now sit down. I want to have a talk with you.
14: Yes, sir.
8: You've got this all wrong. I'm not going to be a grandfather.
14: You ain't. But Miss Marjorie...
8: I know that. But I'm only Marjorie's uncle. She has a baby. That doesn't make me a grandfather. Well, does it, Bertie?
14: No, sir. But you've always been like a father to her.
8: Well, that may be.
14: She's been just like a daughter to you.
8: Yes, yeah. she has. But I'm not a grandfather. You understand that, Bertie? Yes, sir. I want everybody in town to understand it. Mr. Peavy, the judge, all of them. I'm not a grandfather.
14: Yes, sir. Of course, if you don't want to be one, that's up to you. But all little babies need a the grandfather.
16: They
8: do? Ooh.
14: Miss Marjorie ain't got no father to be the grandfather.
8: Well, no, she hasn't.
14: And that baby's going to need a grandfather. Babies needs grandfathers to kitschy cool and bounce them on their knees.
8: Well, I do have a way with babies.
14: Of course, if you want to pass up one of life's big rewards. Rewards? Yes, sir. When a man has fine children and grandchildren around him, that's life's big reward.
8: Well, uh...
14: Besides, Mr. Gilson, if you're getting all of this when you're so young.
8: Young? Well, yes, but Bertie, nobody thinks of a grandfather as being young.
14: Yes, they do. Look at Miss Marlene Dietrich. She's a grandmother. What do you think of her?
17: Uh, Nice. Of course you
14: ain't got legs like Miss Dietrich, but you don't need them.
2: (laughs) No, no, Bertie.
14: She's a grandma, but she don't look it. She's still
12: lovely. Well, so am I, (laughs) Bertie. It's going to be a good life.
7: Yes. Hey, Bertie, is dinner ready? Oh, hello, Unc.
8: Hello, my boy. Uh, Sit down, Leroy. I want to let you in a little secret.
7: Yeah? What is it? I'm going
8: to be a
16: grandfather.
7: Are you kidding?
4: No, no, I'm not. Marjorie's gonna have a baby.
7: She is. Leroy,
12: what's the matter?
2: I'm too young to be an uncle.
8: I'm too young to be a grandfather, but that's life, my boy.
2: (laughs) That's life.
12: The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. Remember, in states where the law permits, you can now get yellow parquet margarine already colored, ready to serve in the new aluminum foil flavor saver wrap and at a new low price. Elsewhere, get parquet in the color quick bag or regular package. In any package, it's the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft.
7: in the swing
8: what oh yes come on out my boy
7: what you doing
8: oh just sitting here looking at the stars thinking move over yeah
7: <clears throat> Unk, why don't you and me go to Canada
8: Canada what for
7: oh who wants to stay around here with a darned old baby
8: no my boy don't feel that way Be a long time yet. Besides, this is going to make everybody very happy.
7: It isn't going to make me happy.
8: Oh, you wait and see. It'll probably be a boy.
7: I like it the way it is right now with just us. When the darn old baby comes, it'll all be different. It'll be baby, baby, baby. Holy cow, all you hear is baby now, and he isn't even here yet.
8: Well, I'll tell you, my boy, you'll feel different when the little fellow gets here. Uh, there's something about a baby that's pretty wonderful.
7: Huh.
8: Oh, there is. <laughs> Wait till Marjorie lets you hold him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you how you do it. Yeah, I'll roll my coat up. Yeah. You see? Now, this is the baby. You sort of cradle him in your arms like this. Oh, such a little fellow. New to the world. And his bright little eyes look up at you. So wide and wondering. His little feet kick the blanket away. And there is his toes. Ten of them. Then one of his little hands comes up and kind of touches your cheek. And he
4: smiles.
7: Let me hold him, Monk. <laughs>
12: The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White with music by Robert Armbrister. Included in the cast are Walter Tefley, Mary Lee Robb, Dick Trenner, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, Dick Legrand, and Arthur Q. Bryant. This is John Easton saying good night for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs>
3: Want to taste something good? Well, next time you make a cold meat sandwich, don't forget to add a little Kraft prepared mustard. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Every bite tastes better. Now you can get two kinds of Kraft mustard. Salad mustard, delicately spiced for those who prefer a milder flavor, and Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Get both kinds. Then with every meat dish, hot or cold, just add a little mustard and you'll add a lot of tang. Crafts prepared mustard. Next week, be sure to hear the
12: Ronald Coleman's in the Halls of Ivy on NBC.
0: All right, Virg, there we go. Uh, three episodes of The Great Gildersleeve. Has your opinion changed now that you've listened?
1: Um, no, but I, I think I just need to listen to more of the Waterman episodes to get more of a idea of how he came to the character.
0: Yeah, you know, and I agree, I need to listen to more of the Perry episodes and some of the later uh, Watermans, I think, just uh, because I do enjoy the show. And uh, so I will listen to some more and I'll bounce back a little bit. Uh, I don't think, I don't think Waterman came into like season 10 or something like that. I think it said, uh, uh, or at least where I was getting all my uh, shows and uh, LibriVox on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, let me just we'll just kind of mention that um, for anybody that's you know enjoying the old OTR playlist and and likes listening to this stuff and if you want to find some of this stuff yourself it's so easy uh, there's a lot of sites out there that that'll sell you DVDs and stuff like that and that's fine uh, but you can also find so much stuff out there in the public domain if you go to internetarchive.org dot org in the search bar. OTR. It's all you gotta do. Uh, Or specific shows, you could put Great Gildersleeve in there, uh, Fibber McGee and Molly, what, whatever the show is. But if you go to Internet Archive, it's totally um, legit. It's not, excuse me, it's not some, uh, you know, shady site. Uh, So you can go there. There's a lot of great stuff there. A lot. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And if you have a smartphone, um, you can get an application. It's called Librivox, and what that is. Um, it's a lot of public domain books that are read by just normal people, you know, average
1: like people, me, like,
0: like Ferg, <laughs> I was getting to that. Yes. Ferg, you, uh, do you remember what it was that you read? No,
1: I don't. All I remember is there were French words in it that I had trouble with.
0: <laughs> and you did that. You told me to prepare it for your podcast, yes, right? So that
1: was like four years ago. <laughs> that, that's, that's,
0: that's great though. Yeah. So uh, I don't think you can do a, a search in LibriVox for Ferg, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but it, it is. It's a lot of public domain books that people read, um, so that it's you know it's kind of like a, a free Audible or something, right? Right. Uh, but but if you do a search in the application and I think on the web, right? You you, you went to the website. Yeah, I just your, I think I
1: typed in LibriVox Gildersleeve, Sleeve and they all everything came up.
0: Yeah, so the, it's not just. Uh, uh, books being read it's there's a lot of old-time radio a lot of so a lot of stuff that i find i i just do searches and just kind of skim through there so um those are some ways that you can listen to more old-time radio if you want and uh, don't want to necessarily pay for dvds and, and cds but uh, i'm not trying to knock anybody that does that no
1: but, it's um, in the public domain so
0: yeah, I just think that it's maybe some people just don't know where to go and get it, so that right. it's easier to just purchase something. But and there's um, YouTube
1: if, too. All the a lot of the yeah. shows are on YouTube.
0: You know, I I, I forget about that. I, <laughs> Me I too. Think of YouTube. I think of YouTube is just videos, yeah. but there are a lot of old time radio shows, and and it'll just be like a, a static image, but it'll play the the show. Right. So Yeah. There's you just type OTR in Google. You're you're gonna find a lot of shows. So, right. um. Before we close this out, Ferg, tell us everybody if they don't know already, which I'm sure they do, about your uh, other podcasts that you do podcasts. Oh yeah. <laughs> um I do the
1: Atari 2600 game by game podcast. Uh I also do uh, the Atari Visions podcast, which is a podcast about um the games uh video games that are common between the uh, 2600, the ColecoVision and the Intellivision. And I do that one with Willie from the ColecoVision's podcast and uh um, Rick and Paul from the Intellivisionaries podcast. All of them, they're all on uh, Throwback Network, too, as well, I believe, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Except for the show itself. Right. I <laughs> want to be part of the network. But. <laughs> you're all network guys, but you're like, we're branching out, mom and dad.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you got to talk to Willie about that. He's he's the one that's running that show. So.
0: More than welcome to come on board. But uh, yeah, so check those out. I'm sure everybody's heard them. Everybody knows who Ferg is. And Jeez. uh <laughs> I do I host another show, Throwback Reviews, which has been on a longer hiatus than this show. I don't <laughs> think I've put one out since November, but uh, we're actually gonna record uh probably a day after this comes out, maybe or two days next week. Oh great we'll be recording great. an episode. Finally. Um I just need to take some time off around the holidays and then uh, you know, you take some time off it's you know how it is for yeah, Oh yeah. Hard it's hard back, to get
1: back. Yes.
0: Get back into the swing of things. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone, you know, podcasting is, ah, oh, you just sit down and record something and let it go. But
1: it's not that easy. It's not that easy, <laughs>
0: you know, not that easy no. all the time, you know? Uh, so I'm hoping to, uh, hoping the podcasting bug bites me again. Yeah. And I can get uh, jazzed up about it. But, uh, anyways, enough about that. You can go over to throwback network and find all tons of great retro shows. Um, including OTR Playlist. So if you have an opinion on the uh, Perry slash Waterman debate, <laughs> send us an email at uh, otrplaylist at gmail.com. So that is going to uh, wrap up our show. Thanks, Ferrick, for coming on again with me.
1: Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Yes, and uh, until next time, thanks for listening. otr playlist is part of the throwback network head over to throwbacknetwork.net to find more great retro podcasts including ferg's other podcasts the atari 2600 game by game podcast and mine throwback reviews if you want to leave us any feedback a suggestion for a show or what you think of the show send it over to otrplaylist at gmail.com